You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Hey, lead liners. This is India Wilkinson. As a fellow equestrian entrepreneur, I love listening to the Lead Line podcast and learning new ways to help me grow my business, Main Street Market. Main Street Market is a free app and website that markets sales horses and equine services to your potential customers. I'm also super excited to announce the recent launch of our sister company, Main Street Auctions, where we host an online sport horse auction every other month. So I'd love for you to learn more. Visit the link in the show notes to download the free Main Street Market app today or check out our website at MainStreetMarket.com and that's M-A-N-E StreetMarket.com. Welcome to the Leadline Podcast, the show where we believe that running your own horse business should feel less like a chore and more like the life you've always dreamed of. Join us as we share valuable advice on how to become more focused, more organized, and more profitable in your horse business. And now, here's your host, Mandy Flanders. As an equestrian entrepreneur, a great way to grow your network and to make new connections is by attending a trade show. Now, as an attendee, we tend to go to trade shows for different reasons. Sometimes it's to check out the newest products on the market. Sometimes it's just a shop. And other times we go to network. In today's episode, I'm joined by fellow podcasters, Rob and Lane of the Slow Pitch Podcast who sat down to have a conversation with me about the benefits of attending a trade show specifically for the sake of networking. We'll break it all down into three basic steps for you in today's show. What you should do pre-event to prepare, what you should do during the event once you get there, and how to follow up after the event concludes. If you've never considered attending a trade show for the sole purpose of networking, it's a relationship building method that I've personally utilized in my business for many reasons, and we'll get into that more in today's episode. Here are Robin Lane of the Slow Pitch Podcast. All right. Well, welcome to the show, Rob Lane. It's great to be here with both of you today. It's great to be here. Thanks for having us. Cool. Well, Rob, you and I met at PodFest in Orlando, Florida, which is a podcast conference for those who don't know. And Lane, we just met today on camera for this podcast recording. So I'm excited to chat with you guys. You're from the Slow Pitch Podcast. Tell us a little bit about what you talk about over at the Slow Pitch. Well, certainly. Uh, Mandy, thanks again for having us on. We appreciate it. And uh, the long and the short of it is our job is to try to help people sell whatever they're selling and do it in such a way that people want to buy. And that just means not being pushy, but getting people to discover they want to buy from you and help them buy. That's really what it comes down to. Make them ask to buy. That's what we do. And the principles that you share with people can really be applied to any industry, right? Yeah. I mean, I can't figure out one that it wouldn't work. You'd have to just think a little bit of how we would tailor it to, but there's not really a an area where sales isn't sales isn't sales, right? It's always... You're selling and, and you've got to position questions and you've got to position yourself as the expert. And, but, but essentially it's the same no matter what you're selling. Yeah. So as you guys know, our audience here at the Leadline podcast consists of equestrian entrepreneurs who either already have a business or are thinking about starting a business. So I'm excited to share our topic with everybody today. And I think that your expertise is going to be very helpful. 
But before we kick in, I do want to share that this is a unique two-piece episode. So there's actually going to be two parts to this topic. One part is going to be here on the lead line, and then the other part is going to be over on your show at the Slow Pitch. And we are going to be talking about selling at trade shows, whether you are selling as an exhibitor or going as an attendee looking to network and meet people. But we've broken it down into two different episodes. So over on your show, you and I talked about, or all of us, we talked about being the exhibitor and how you sell as an exhibitor at a trade show. And here on the lead line, we're talking about what it's like going as an attendee. So for anyone listening, if you want to hear the other part, be sure to go over and check out the slow pitch. And let's kick things off. So we're going to dive into what to do if you are going to a trade show as an attendee with the purpose of meeting people, how to make sure that you are prepared and ready to make the most of it. So Rob, Lane, any tips that you have right out of the gate for getting ready pre-event before you go to the show? You've got it picked out. You know where you want to go. What do you do first to get ready? First, you got to make sure your, your swag bag is big enough just so you can collect all the goodies. <laughs> That's the most important part, really. But then after that, after that, you know, one of the things that, you know, you know we had met at, at PodFest and, and it was interesting because usually I was always on the behind the table side. And when you go to the other side where you're attending, it made me realize there's some things I missed. So I wrote myself a list after that again. But really, to me, it's know why you're going. What is it that you're trying to accomplish by being there? Who are you trying to meet? And is there anybody in particular that you really would like to meet? That's how I look at it, because I look at this as any other networking event. And I know, you know, we've, we've talked about networking in terms of how do you do that correctly? And when you look at a trade show, it's essentially a big networking event, right? It's just somebody's trying to sell you something on the other side of the table. But if I know when I'm going in and this is what my objectives are, now I'm going to be very targeted in what I'm doing. I think there's a lot of reasons that people go to trade shows. And frankly, I don't believe that networking is always at the number one, like top of people's minds because you just, it's not necessarily set up as a networking type of format, right? When you're going as just an attendee. But the reason I love doing this is because I hear it from people all the time, like, "Mm, I don't know if I should go to this event. Don't know if it'll be worth it, especially people that are thinking about going as a vendor. And I say, just go to network because it's actually so much more cost effective going as an attendee. If that's the case, if you're not ready for a booth, go as an attendee and just browse the event and meet people. So that's why we're really digging into this today. When I go to a trade show, one of the things that I do pre-event is I go to the event website because typically most trade shows will have a list of vendors that are in attendance. And if I'm going for networking purposes, I can say, all right, here's the list. I'll oftentimes just print it out because I'm old school and I'll take a highlighter and I will highlight the places that I want to be sure that I hit while I'm at the show. Because I don't know about you guys, but once I get to a trade show and I see all of the really cool booths and vendors, like I kind of forget where I was headed first. (laughs) Yep. So I need that printed piece of paper with the highlighted names to tell me what the plan was because otherwise I forget the plan because I get distracted. So how do you guys make a list going? And do you even make a list when you're going as an attendee looking to network? So one of the things that I typically do is look at who the exhibitors are. Just like you kind of make a list of here's the top whatever that I want to go meet and see. And I do that 
when I network anyway. So if I'm going to an event, I would do the same thing. Like if there's a hundred people, I know there's three people that I probably want to meet there. And it's kind of the same with a trade show for me. And then there's, there might be some learning things that I want to go, you know, there's some educational pieces that I want to go learn. Uh, and I would use that as my other piece. And then I think the cross reference of that is if there's a way to find out who else is attending as an attendee, not as a tr- uh, an exhibitor, is there anybody else there I want to meet that way that that's attending? And is it possible for me to attend an educational session even with that person? Because what that does is it kind of starts to build a relationship without looking and feeling like you're trying to build a relationship. Does that make sense? Like if you say, Hey, I'm going to this event or where are you going? And then they go, well, you know, I'd like to go see that. Okay. And obviously you go, go hang out together. Now you're starting down that path of having more conversation, more, more time together. And so there's, there's that piece as well. And, and you know, if I can see that a person is attending and I can set up a meeting with them beforehand, that's even better, but it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes it's just go to try to meet them and then see if I can have a cup of coffee with them, you know, while I'm there. I love that you mentioned that because finding a way to casually connect with people, whether it's going to a session or grabbing some lunch with them, it's such a casual way. So it doesn't feel like you're trying to sell to them, but you're building that relationship, which I believe is so, so important when it comes to networking and getting sales, whether it's someone that's a potential client or someone you want to work with in a different capacity. It just works out so much better if you've got some level of relationship with them established up front. And interestingly enough, I was able to do this at PodFest with a couple of people because PodFest utilized an app called Whova. And I downloaded this app ahead of time. And in the Whova app, I'll just say this. I've never seen an equestrian conference use this app, but I love that PodFest used it. Um, But in the app, there's a way to see other people who have added the same interest as you. So in that app, I put horses under there because it wasn't an equestrian conference. So I put horses in as an interest. And so anytime someone joined the app that was attending PodFast that had horses under their interest, I got a notification. And I actually started messaging everybody that did that and saying, Hey, I saw that you added horses. Like, I'd love to connect with you because I love horses too. And I made a couple of really, really great connections while I was there at that conference simply because I used that app to connect with them ahead of time. So anytime a conference or trade show is using a platform like that, or there's some kind of way to figure out who else is going, I think that that makes a big difference. That's huge. Yeah. It was funny when we went to that podfest, I had never heard of Whova. I didn't know that was there. For some reason, I missed that, didn't see that before I went there. So I didn't know. I got there and they're like, here, sign up for this. And I'm like, okay. I signed up and I was like, whoa, there is all kinds of information in here. And you could chat with people. You could reach out to somebody that didn't know you. And so did I do that? No, I didn't because I'm an introvert. So I didn't do that. But when I met somebody, I would look them up and see more information about them. Okay, so now I can have a conversation with them and I feel comfortable at least, right? So I, I love it. I think that's a great idea. Oh, it was a great concept. I love that they implemented that for that conference. Now, in an instance where a trade show doesn't have that, I would say the next best thing that I have done is I've gone to social media and I've just put up a post and said, who's going to this event? And then people just kind of come out of the woodwork and say, oh, I'm going. And that's how I'm able to connect with people. And because I'm friends on Facebook and Instagram with people that I've never met before. So maybe we've never met in person, but if we're going to the same event, we get to take that connection to the next level. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's, that's a good idea. Yeah. 
how it works. Yeah. So that's pre-event. Let's talk about getting to the event. So you've walked in the door, you're ready to go. And that's when the butterflies start to set in for me, because I think that networking is all fun and games until you actually show up. And then you're like, (laughs) oh, my God, I have to go talk to people I don't know. Yep. (laughs) That's what happens. I get the tightness in my chest and I'm like, what did I get myself into? (laughs) Yeah. Why did I sign up for this? Yep. But you know what? Every time I feel that way, I just make myself do it. And I end up having a great time and making great connections. So it's always worth it in the end. But I know that it is hard if you are not naturally someone who likes to go out and network with people. It can be tough. So when you get to the event, number one thing you're there for, we're assuming, is to take advantage of the networking. So tell me a little bit about how you do that, Rob. To get ready for networking, one of the things that I try to do is I have to recognize, because I'm introverted, that everybody else who's there also doesn't know anybody else that's there. That took me a while, even because it's been a had been a little with pandemic and the whole thing. It was been a while since I'd been to a trade show. And so while I've gone to networking events, the networking events are typically ones that are in areas or circles, if you will, that I I already were run in, so to speak, right? But when I go to a trade show that's outside of that, now we're like, okay, what do I do here? So when I was first got there, I was like, I don't know who I don't know anybody. I'm like fish out of water here. And that may sound weird being being that I'm in sales, but that doesn't mean it's easy for me, right? So I had to find ways to have conversations with people because I had to force myself to recognize these people don't have any clue who other people are either. And so I'll even start out conversations with, who else do you know here? And 80%, 90% would say, "I, I don't know anybody else here. I would have never guessed that based on the way that they were talking to people. And that's when I realized, you know what? Everybody else doesn't know anybody else. And if they do, that's because they're presenting. They, they're part of the whole show, not part of the people that are attending, right? And so you start to differentiate between who these people are. And the other piece was being a little strategic in learning who's going to be there and seeking those people out. So if you know the person or you know the people that are putting the event on or you know some central hub people, being strategic in terms of how they can introduce you to other people that who you want to be introduced to, that's kind of how I've done some of my networking. And it's most effective when I get introduced to other people instead of me walking up cold because I'm not good at that. Yeah, that's so true. And I guess there's two different audiences when you really think about it. When you're going as an attendee, typically I say I'm going to target you know the vendors because they're the obvious ones, right? But I've had instances where I have sat down for lunch at like really peak busy times of a trade show. And I ended up having to share a table with complete strangers because there wasn't enough places to sit. And I've met people that are just there as attendees and had really good conversations in those types of spaces as well, just because we ended up sharing a lunch table together. So there's, I mean, there's definitely two different parts to this. Totally. And how about you, Lane? No, that, that really resonates because I, I think most of the trade shows I've been to as an attendee, I guess I've really viewed it as... I'm there to see the vendors, who's offering what services I'm looking for, products I'm looking for. I haven't really paid too much attention in the past about who the other attendees are. And I I think I'm really missing opportunities there. I think it might be a little more challenging, too, to find those spaces where you feel comfortable starting a conversation. Because 
you know, I'm not going to just strike up a conversation walking down the trade show aisle with someone that's walking past me, right? Because that would be a little weird. They'd be like, why is this rando greeting me as we're both, you know, walking down the aisle? Of yeah, the usually show. That I run when somebody does that to me. <laughs> yeah. I run. I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> so it does have to happen, I think, in a a less intimidating type of setting where maybe you're, again, eating at the same place or you're attending a session together. PodFest actually had a lot of good opportunities just to network with other attendees because not only did they offer like actual networking sessions for us, but when I attended the educational breakout sessions, I found that, you know, maybe it's just podcasters. I think horse people are outgoing too, but podcasters especially are like, hey, what do you do? What's your show? And they would just come into the breakout session. They'd sit next to me and they would strike up conversation. Part of that's personality related too, because I, I definitely so. did not initiate that <laughs> as much. <laughs> But yeah, you and you found the ones that were always willing to talk. Like, hey, what do you, and they just start engaging. And you're like, okay, okay, it's not an interview here. We're not, we're not recording this. Come on. Exactly. Yeah, but there's, there's definitely opportunity on both sides. So I challenge anybody to consider that. And if you're someone who's attending a trade show that does have breakout sessions that are educational, or there's other ways for you to connect with other attendees, I would jump on that too because it's not just about the vendors. The other thing I want to touch on when you are getting there to network. If you are approaching vendors, this is something that is very important to consider. And if networking is your sole purpose, I would not go on the busiest day of the show. If it's a multi-day show, if you have an idea of when it's going to be the busiest, do not go on the busiest day because, I mean, it might be great to go scope out the area, but vendors, if they are busy, you're going to have very brief, sometimes zero interactions with them because they're too busy taking care of people that are maybe paying customers, especially if they're in the retail setting. So for me in the horse space, a lot of the vendors that we see at trade shows are selling product, they're retailers. So if you want to have an actual conversation with the person in charge, if they are there, going during peak shopping times or peak show times, not a great plan. I agree. And I think the other thing to keep in mind is when you go to a trade show, the people putting on the show probably don't want you selling to their exhibitors. Right. So you got to be careful about doing that. And if you were trying to get into that type of area, you might be better served to having your exactly right during a slower time where they're not, you know, not tying up their time where they don't, where you don't belong tying up their time because they need to be doing what they should be doing during those times when it's the busiest for them. So you're right on. You keep them in mind of what their goals are, what their objectives are before you start trying to approach anybody behind the table if you're trying to sell to them too. Cause that is not the best situation to be at. Yeah. I want to give a little context to you for my personal reasons why I go to a trade show to you know attend and network. And then I want to hear from you guys, maybe what your purpose is when you go as an attendee. But when I'm going, I typically am going to represent the lead line. And so my goal is to either meet potential listeners or meet potential sponsors. With that in mind... It's beneficial for me to meet a lot of the vendors because they are the ones that are potentially going to spend the sponsorship funds. (laughs) They're the ones that have the sponsorship money. So I want to go meet these people face-to-face in person. But I don't walk right in there and say, Hey, I'm looking for sponsors for my show. I think you'd be great. Typically, I'll start with a very basic conversation like, Hey, you guys look like you've been really busy here. Is this your first time at the event? Or maybe how many years have you been doing this event? Where'd you guys travel in from? I'll start with something that is a lot less salesy, you know, right out of the gate so that I've got a conversation flowing. And if I feel like the conversation is going well, 
It may come up at some point what I do. We might have a little conversation about it. And then typically, if I like where it went, I'll say, Hey, I'll follow up with you after the show and we'll connect. And that's how I'll end that conversation. I do not do any kind of transactions while I'm there at the show. That's just from my standpoint when I go as an attendee. How about you guys? Well, if I'm trying to do what you're describing, my approach might be slightly different, but very similar. My goal is not to sell anything there. So the other thing I always try to remember, and it's hard for people to remember, and myself included, is nobody went to a trade show to buy something. I don't think there's ever been a time that I've bought something at a trade show. Have you, have either of you? Well, some of the trade shows I go to are set up for shopping. So there's More a lot. for shopping. Yeah. <laughs> at least in the horse world, there's a lot to buy. <laughs> yes. But, uh, but if you think of traditional trade shows for business to business or other things, typically it's a longer term thing, right? So I try to keep in mind that nobody came here to buy. Nobody came here to make a purchase of real big significance. You know, if you're buying some different things for your retail outlet, fine, you can, but you'll start that conversation, but you're not going to more than likely sign the contract there. You're going to start that conversation and it'll continue afterwards. So my goal would always be to, to find out why are they at the trade show? What, what are they looking to get out of this trade show? And what I might even, if I'm going to be there multiple days, what I might do is find the people that I want to work with most and figure out how do I help them get something out of the trade show. So I might find that they're looking to meet with this type of person or this type of company. And if I interact with another type of person or company that matches that, I'll bring them over to their table and say, hey, I, I just want to introduce you guys. It sounds like you guys might have a good conversation that you guys should have. Because when I just had a conversation with the table people and I just had a conversation with you, you guys are talking about the same thing. Does that make sense to you guys? And, and see what happens. And all of a sudden now they remember who I am so I might come back again the next day and say, how did that go? I'm just kind of curious. And if they say it went well, great. Okay, cool. If they said it didn't go so well and that's eh, not who I wanted. Okay, well, I apologize. I didn't realize. And I was trying to trying to find a good fix for you, you know, a good setup for you. But if it didn't work, it doesn't work. Okay. But when I find out what they're trying to get out of the trade show, then I can start to have that conversation a little differently so that later on when I come back after the show, I can follow up with it that way. Does that make sense? So you you mentioned that you you try to find out what the vendors are looking for. How how do you how do you learn that? What types of questions do you ask to try to figure out what they're looking for? Well, more than likely, I already kind of know what the trade show is all about, right? So I know why I'm there and what they might be looking for. I might just ask a couple of open-ended questions like, you know, and at first you you ask them about their table and you ask them what they're doing there and what are you hoping you're going to find here? What are you hoping who are you trying to introduce? Who are you trying to meet? Who, who would be a good introduction? Who's a good referral source? Just asking those basic questions just opens up the conversation. And I start to build it upon whatever they're talking about. So if they say, you know, you know, we're here to meet this type of person who's from a retail store, then I might say, well, what size retail and why, why that? And what are you hoping you're going to get out of that? What do you hope they're going to bring to you? What are they going to buy from you someday? Okay, now I understand now I can start to look for that possible introduction. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just figured, I thought maybe you, you were so sly that you had some other magical means of, of gleaning that oh, information. No magic. Without, you're always magical, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I was at a trade show just recently where a lot of people came up to me and asked why I was there. And I think it was because a lot of the vendors were selling things. But as a podcaster, I'm there for brand awareness. 
And it's interesting. I don't think that these people were necessarily all there for networking. I think they just wanted clarity as to what I was doing there because it wasn't the typical booth that they were seeing. So sometimes that question is just going to come up regardless because people just really want to get a better idea of what's going on, especially if you've got something that's getting their attention. Well, yeah. And you were you were different. You know what I mean? Like you were not expected. So what you showed up with was different than expected. So all of a sudden you became, what are you doing here? And all of a sudden you've engaged them in a conversation. You probably came out better than most people there because you were positioned differently than everybody else, so to speak, right? Because obviously you weren't there like everybody else was. You were there with a, with a podcast. So you weren't really selling anything, right? So you're, you're just positioned differently. So half the battle at a trade show is having people come a, become aware of you and who you are and what you're trying to do. And half of it's just learning about each other so that you can have a better conversation down the road. Again, I go back to not too many people make big purchases at a trade show. Most people do stuff after the fact. So you really want to know, can I trust this person? Can I get into a bigger conversation with this person? If not, then we're going to have a, a different conversation. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of the time I went to a show a few years ago and there was a vendor that they were one of those vendors that have like the, um, I'm trying to remember what they're called, but they're little like heating packs. They're good for the winter. You guys live in Florida, so maybe you guys don't use them down there, but they were like, you snap them in the inside and then they generate heat and they're good for pain relief, but also warming you up. So they had one of these booths at one of the equestrian events that I attended. And I was having a really good conversation as an attendee with the vendor. Wasn't really looking to do any business with them, but she had said something to me during her little demonstration that she was giving. And uh, I had said first to get this response from her, I said, well, I'm going to think about it. I've got some other things I'm looking at the show and maybe I'll come back and you know get this later on. And she goes, well, you know that most people that say that walk away and then they never come back. And she turned me off so much by making that comment because to your point, a lot of times we're not making big purchases there. And these little things... They were actually were not cheap. It was like a couple hundred bucks for one of these heaters she was pitching me. And I was like, mm, I'm going to think about this. Now, if I'd had a good interaction with her, maybe I would have gone back and bought one. But because she turned me off so much by saying, well, you're saying that you're never going to come back. I'm like, well, not now. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some people look at that as a challenge. Oh, really? Well, I'll come back. Trust me. Mm-hmm. But not everybody will do that. Yeah. yeah, I said to her, well, that's not true. I often shop this way. I look at things first and then I come back later. And sometimes that is after the trade show. So we've got to keep that in mind that a lot of these transactions aren't necessarily happening right at the show. You know, if we're going for networking purposes, a lot of the stuff is going to happen after. We're just there to get a feel for who we're meeting, who we're talking to, and if it's someone we do want to work with in the future. Yep. Yep. I agree. And and I think that's, it also goes to the point of if you're going to be at a trade show and you're working the trade show, be careful of, you know, how you come across because sometimes you come across a little different than you think. Yeah. Yep. No kidding. Well, one other thing I want to touch on while we're talking about being at the event, and then we're going to move into talking what to do once we actually leave. A couple other tips that I have are to find ways that you can engage with them beyond just that moment. Maybe that's snapping a photo with someone if they're relevant. Maybe they have some, a good presence on social media. You can be like, hey, let me take a picture with you and I'll post it and tag you. That's actually something that's worked out really well for me is to do that. And then if you are collecting business cards and you're not quite sure which person that was, you can go back at your photos and be like, ah, there's a selfie I took with this person. So now I know who is associated with that business card. 
So it's kind of a two-sided thing. You're promoting them on your social, but you're also getting a visual aid for yourself later when you go home and have a bunch of business cards to sort through. That is smart. Yeah, that's like brilliant. That. Yep. And it gives you content for your social media. So if you are someone who's looking to be out there and have people know that you're at this event and have people connect with you at this event, dropping stuff in your Instagram or Facebook stories or in your other social feeds, it's a great way to just continue to show up and show that you have a presence there. And that's another way that I've had other people connect with me in real time at these events is they're like, Hey, I saw you on social media and I wanted to say hi. Just adding that additional component is a really good way to just increase that engagement and make the most of your time while you're there. Yeah, that's a good way to do it, I think, because the engagement piece, all of that put together, plus the reminder for later. Brilliant. Yeah. And then the other thing I do every now and then is if I'm not feeling exhausted at the end of the day, if there's a really good connection that I made at the show, maybe I'll put together a small group dinner or something after hours. Maybe we'll go out for a quick drink or something. I don't do that every time. It really depends on who I meet. I save that for special connections that I make at the <laughs> trade show. So if I feel like it's worth it, I'll make the time. For that dinner. is totally a good way to use use the connection that you make at a trade show. Then now have a more intimate situation where you can now have a real conversation with a limited number of people. They get to react and interact with each other. That's a very valuable tool, I think, to be able to use that. And even after the show, even sending a quick little recap video of your conversation to somebody is another way to do it afterwards. It's just like, you know, hey, it was really good to meet you. I really enjoyed this, enjoyed that. So when you're having those types of events, if you do it, you could add that to it. Like it was nice to have you at that cocktail hour or whatever it was that you did that really gets you a, a little bit of a different situation where people remember you even better. I like it. Yeah, I think there's a couple different ways you can approach it too. If you're feeling like one-on-one isn't necessarily the setting you want to take, you can put together a very small group and say, hey, I'm doing a little small networking dinner tonight. There's only going to be like five or six of us there, but I'd love to have you be one of the people at the table. And that way, it's a little less intimidating if maybe they're a little hesitant to do a one-on-one dinner just because they don't know what you're after. Intentions can be a big thing that get questioned you know, if they don't know you. So if they think you're going to sit at dinner and pitch them, they're probably not going to want to do that. But if you tell them it's a small little networking get together and it's really casual, really going to just be everyone relaxed and having fun after the show, then I would probably say yes to that first before I would agree to a one-on-one with someone that I just met. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Lane, Lane will meet with anybody if there's cocktails. (laughs) (laughs) So anything else guys that you would do during the event before we move into what to do after? You know, I, the one thing that comes to my mind is, is, you know, marking cards to make sure you know who these people are. And I think you're hitting on it with taking the photographs and, and keeping that all in line and just having a system in place so that you know what you're going to do with them afterwards. The more you organize during the event, the better you're going to have success afterward. It's when you don't organize it, you just cram all these cards in your pocket that you run into a problem. So that, that my only tip would be give you a, is, organize how you're going to deal with it afterwards. Think about that ahead of time so that you can start to organize the results of your work at the trade show for your time spent afterward. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I think I I probably am similar to Lane in my fashion of sorting business cards. And I believe we said this in the other episode that is on your podcast feed. Lane, you have the pocket versus bag sorting system for your business cards. 
and mine's kind of the same when I pull in business cards from an event. Um, for me, it's maybe it's like different pockets of my backpack or my purse, and it just goes into different sections. So that way, I know which ones I have to pull out first and which ones I can sort through at a later date. So after the event, we're already on the topic of business cards. So now that we have the business cards, what are we doing with them? Yeah, personally, I make sure I add every single one of those persons to a, a high volume mailing list I send out and I just spam the you know what out of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a really good move. I, I got to tell you, that does not work. I, it hasn't been very effective, but I, I keep hoping. <laughs> what do you do, Rob? By the way, we, we know that Lane's kidding. I feel like we should tell that to yeah, our listeners. We probably should, yeah. People that are like, wait, should I be doing that? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, one thing I've learned is never take what Lane is saying seriously because it's just, it doesn't, you know, he's just not going to do that. He's What he's going to do is he's going to do the right thing and then tell you he didn't do the right thing so that he gets a one-up on you. That's what he's doing, just so you know. He wants yeah, to, I'm that guy. I'm he wants that to guy, actually yeah. do it better than everybody else, but not tell you that he's doing it better than everybody else. <laughs> No, for me, for me, I, to me, I think, you know, afterwards with all the cards, yes, there's a component of emailing. Yes, there's a component of calling. Those are basics to me. They're based on the conversation. They're based on the agreement that maybe we had during that conversation. Like, hey, you know, it sounds like we might have more to talk about. Is there a chance that we should, you know, chat again? Should we just schedule it? Do you want me to just send you an email? You want to send me an email? Let's exchange cards. Get that conversation started so you know where to leave it. I think the one thing that I think a lot of people forget to do is when they end a meeting, whether that's during a sales meeting or during a sales call or at a trade show, is what's my next step? What's expectations? Uh, when I had a meeting today earlier today, I ended up walking out of that meeting with a conversation before I left, which was, listen, I don't want to assume anything here. Like I thought this conversation went reasonably well, but maybe I'm reading this totally wrong. Should we talk again after this? And sometimes they say, you know what, let me just think about it. And that means no. And so I tell them, it doesn't sound like it's a good idea for us. That's okay. That's all right. I'll, I'll put your card away. And then when you want, we'll talk again. That's okay. And then if they say, you know, yeah, we should, we should schedule. Okay. When do you want to do that? Um, Cause I don't like pestering people. I hate pestering people. I kind of look at it as the mosquito that's in your room at night when you're trying to sleep. That's, I don't want to be that one. So rather than have you feel that way towards me, what I would like to do is when's, when should we chat again? And if we schedule it, it's scheduled for Friday of next week. Fine. No problem. And then I always ask the one more question, which is, all right, it's Friday now. Next week, I call you. You don't answer. What do we do? Do I assume you really didn't want to talk to me or do you want to just, I'll leave you a voicemail, but how, how, what happens then? What if I can't connect with you somehow? What do we, what should I do? You know, should I just assume maybe it's, it's, you know, we shouldn't talk anymore. Maybe, maybe you were just being nice. Like what do you, and it's kind of a weird conversation, but it does step them one more time to say, no, no, I'll answer the phone. And when they do that, okay, now you know they're probably going to answer the phone. And usually they do when I call or when they schedule their time. So I think it's just knowing next steps is really important. Anytime you have email, phone number, and you've had that conversation, you know, this is somewhere that it should go. Yeah. And I think that reaching out a couple times is totally okay too, in regards to doing the follow-up. From my personal standpoint, I am really bad about emails getting buried. And I'm also really bad about answering text messages in real time. <laughs> Some days, it just depends on where I'm at. So frankly, I oftentimes need that second touch point for me to actually come back to the present time and be like, Oh, wait, I 
need to connect with this person. I do want to connect with you. Thank you for following back up. But if it's just one time, sometimes I'm just going to let it fall off. So I, I like to see a little bit of persistence, but like you, like I don't like to be pestered. I don't want to be the pesterer. So yep. it's important to kind of know where you're at. But I always think that like a couple attempts are valid. And then after that, it gets excessive. Yeah. If, as soon as it becomes uncomfortable for them, having to deal with your calls or emails, it just is not a fun deal. And it, it's same the other way when you're receiving it, right? So don't put yourself in that position. Your job is is really to be positioning yourself as I'm on the same playing field and same level as you. You and I had a good conversation. If you think we should talk again, great. If you don't, that's okay. I don't care. Depending on who I've met as well, the other thing that works really well for me, specifically with the PodFest connections that I made, is I went online and I followed everybody on Instagram. And I know that not everybody is going to be active on Instagram. Maybe it's a different platform. But for me, I do a lot of my connecting specifically through Instagram. So as I was meeting people in real time, as I was attending the networking events at PodFest, I was like, Hey, what's your Insta? And I was plugging it into my phone immediately especially because not everybody had business cards, right? So when someone doesn't have a business card, how do you get in touch with them? Well, the easiest way versus trying to scribble down on a piece of paper, their email address or something, the easiest way is to put something into your phone. So for me, I was using Instagram almost primarily across the board. I've made some really good connections that have resulted in you know Zoom meetings and phone calls with people from that event. And we initiated that through Instagram DMs because I followed up with them after the show that way. Yeah. And I, you know, layer on top of that in conversations that I had at PodFest too, somebody was like, Hey, let me give you my email, my, my phone number, my name and this, and they just didn't have a card. So I'm starting to put it in my phone and I realized pretty quickly, I'm never going to remember this person's name. I'm never going to remember. So I had to put in there as the company, whatever their podcast name was or whatever it was, but also put the word PodFest in there. So that when I search PodFest, I can at least see the list of people that I put in my phone and at least go, okay, now I have a fighting chance to get to know who these people are. And then I also could add another word in there, which is something to do with our conversation, whether it's in the notes section or in some other section that I can put something in there to know what we talked about. Otherwise, how am I supposed to remember that, right? You meet a hundred people and then you do networking and then you add more cards on top of it. You're buried very quickly, but by putting it in there with a tag or a hashtag or whatever you want to call it, some sort of a reference point that you can search later, that makes a huge difference to me. So ultimately, what I'm hearing between all of us right now is find the system that works best for you and then just stay consistent with that system. If you're not handing physical business cards back and forth, there's definitely other ways. So find what works for you. It doesn't have to be Instagram. It doesn't have to be adding people as contacts to your phone. If it's not going to work for you, it's not. So you have to find what is going to work so that you actually do the follow-up after. So guys, any final thoughts about attending an event, making the most of it, going to network? Any final tips you want to leave with us? Uh, my, my tip was uh, just don't go with Rob. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. <laughs> no, no, actually, I always go with Rob because I feel like I'm more of an introvert than Rob is and uh, and he can... He can draw out those conversations a lot better than I, than I can, and I just benefit from that. Well, yeah, I think on that note, I mean, I probably do more networking than Lane does, and that's probably why. And what I've learned is have three to five questions that you know are going to be useful to ask anybody you interact with. 
at that particular location. So if it's a business event or if it's a trade show, you know the purpose of that being there. What are some questions that you could ask? And it can be as simple as what are they looking for? But it also can be as simple as, are you reading any good books lately? Because I'm looking for a good book. Now that sounds weird. But if you're in a networking at a trade show and you end up in this conversation where you're like, I don't know what to ask this person. If you start asking them about a book, you could ask them why they thought that was a good book. They can tell you a little bit about it. And then you say, well, what got you interested in something like that? Because that's way outside of what this whole trade show is about. And then I've seen you down this road where you like learn a little bit more about them. And you say, well, you know, there's an educational class that's going to be happening tomorrow at this time. That's kind of related. You want to, are you going to that? And now you could go to that if you think this is a person that you want to network down the road with. So it's really thinking about, and again, I go back to nobody else knows each other at these trade show events at all, right? Like so few people know each other. And if they do, they're professional trade show attenders, and they're probably not the people you're going to want to talk to anyway, right? So your your goal is to find the people that you want to have business with. And so by asking all those questions and getting to know the right people, being strategic in who they are ahead of time, you can start to position yourself as somebody that's a little bit different and ask all the right questions and make them feel comfortable with you. It's so much easier to get someone to talk when you're asking relevant questions. I love that you brought that up because... At the lead line, we also host networking events virtually and in person. And that's something that I've talked about before is go in with a couple of go-to questions. I like the idea of having three to five that you can use with anybody. Because if you're someone who doesn't know what to say when you meet a complete stranger for the first time, you can default back to that list. And hopefully it's in your head and you're not reading off a piece of paper. <laughs> it should be in your head, yes. <laughs> yes. But once you get doing it for a few times, you'll you'll have those in your head, right? Mm -hmm. Like what's happening in your industry that's different than everybody else? Like that's a simple question that they could go, well, they can talk about that, right? And just knowing those ahead of time is critical. Mm, absolutely. Well, this has been a great conversation diving into what it's like to attend a trade show and how to make the most of it. So thank you, Rob. Thank you, Lane, for being here. It's been great having you. Mandy, thank you. We appreciate it. And we enjoyed it. I did. I don't know about Lane. Uh, the jury's still out. Oh, come on, Ali. I know better no, than that. Mandy was delightful. I'm not so sure about Rob. <laughs> it's always me that's a problem. And as a reminder to our listeners, if you've enjoyed this episode, go over to the slow pitch to see the other part of this episode, which is going to a trade show as a vendor or an exhibitor. So if you are someone who works on that side of things as well, definitely worth taking a listen. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you're a horse business owner or equestrian professional, I invite you to continue the conversation by joining our free email club. The Leadline Email Club is a great way to be first in line for new episode notifications, upcoming networking event alerts, and exclusive subscriber content. You can become a member for free today by visiting theleadlinepodcast.com slash email club. That's theleadlinepodcast.com slash email club to receive exclusive horse business content. I'm Mandy, and I'll see you next time. Music